Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So um, welcome back to the show. I'm really glad you guys are joining me today because I have a treat for you. I've been talking with a certified hypnotherapist and life coach, Christine Ofsapian. Christine has a master's in psychology with a concentration in child and adolescent psychology. But she also have a uh, number one best-selling book on Amazon called Living Through Choice. And this is a really powerful book. It's actually filled with like tons of good information to teach us how to realign our thoughts and help us to overcome daily stressors. But in this episode, we got into stuff like breath work, vibrations, essential oils, relieving stress, and so much more. When we talk about health or weight management, we tend to focus on nutrition and calories or working out, but not on the things that we need to do on a daily basis. In modern day society, most of us are walking stressors. I came across this article on um, ADAA.org. It explains that anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting about 40 million adults in the U.S. age 18 or older. That's about 18.1% of the population. That's a lot of people. It goes on to say that people with anxiety disorder are three to five times more likely to go to the doctor and six times more likely to be hospitalized for psychiatric disorders. But we don't pay enough attention to the stresses in our lives, and oftentimes by the time we realize, it's much too late. You will hear Christine and I talk about excessive stress and high cortisol. This keeps you in a constant sympathetic state, or you can call it the fight-or-flight mode. And you've heard me say in previous episodes that excessive cortisol causes our bodies to hold on to excess energy in the form of fat to be used later. So without further ado, let's talk to Christine. Christine, tell us about yourself and tell me about your qualifications. Oh goodness, how do I start? Do I start from the story of where I'm at now? Because my story began in a very interesting way about 10, 11 years ago when I was in accounting for many years and my life was just spiraling downhill and I knew I was not aligned with my higher self and my purpose. And so I was just struggle, struggle, struggle until I hit rock bottom, as many of us do. And we don't make changes, right? Because the ego hates change. So it just keeps pushing through what it knows um, until it just got really bad where my physical body was just deteriorating. So... I every week I was at the doctor's office and my doctor finally told me you won't survive for longer if you continue on this path because it was becoming physical the emotional pain was becoming physical pain so there was a lot going on there and then at the time I was studying for the CPA exam and the universe and my higher self had a different plan and I just cried and I prayed and I cried and I prayed and one day I had this vivid dream and in that dream, I just looked at myself and I said, I know who I am. And I woke up that morning and I typed in hypnotherapy in the search engine, which was very interesting because the culture that I come from, we don't really believe in therapy. We don't go to therapy. And But I just trusted it. And yet alone, like it, 
not even just the fact of therapy, that the, the whole point of hypnotherapy, because hypnosis is involved and some, you know, belief systems, whether religious belief system or what it is, may have some taboo ideas about what hypnosis is and some have a lot of myths about it and control and mind control. What if I get stuck in hypnosis, all that stuff. But I just kind of I was in such a deep, dark place that I, I needed a way out. So I just trusted it and I followed through. I went and got some sessions done myself. And I said, okay, if this gets me out of my own depressive state, then I am a believer. And within three months, I started my psychology school uh, for my master's degree and the hypnotherapy school at the same time, because I was just so determined to change my life. And, and then 10 years ago, I found Journeys to Heal. And since then, I've been blessed to continually, as I was looking at the all your degrees and certifications in the back, I was like, yeah, that was my Glendale office, <laughs> <laughs> a wall filled with stuff. And, and I, and, you know, one after another, after another, and just adding more and more tools such as breath work and EFT and NLP and all those things and passive regression therapy and writing my book that has been a best-selling um, on Amazon and is also available on Audible. So it's just like a journey. I'm on my second book now, soon to uh, hopefully by the end of this year will be uh, completed. So yeah, it's just an, and a journey of helping others and being of service every single day to as many people as desire to come my way. And you said uh, you've just given us a lot of inf good information there, Christine. Because I really, I really like your background. I like where you started, and you mentioned hitting rock bottom. And I'm, I, brought, I was, I was brought up in Jamaica, and we don't believe in a lot of things. Um, like we don't believe in hypnotherapy. We don't even believe in going to the psychologist, or you know, or even sometimes talking out our problems. <laughs> so, or suppressing them, right? Ignoring exactly. them. Exactly. We have a mindset of, okay, you know, I have things to do. I don't have time to talk about my issues. And That's I was right. brought up that way. And it's affected me and my personal health in so many ways. So I, I like the fact you brought it up because you then hit rock bottom and then you have to realize, okay, I need to make a change. But we don't have to wait until we hit rock bottom to do so. It just happens to be part of human nature or your culture where we get to that point to where we, and then being afraid of the unknown. Now, I'm not saying that we should jump into everything that we see. We should take our time. We should learn. We should do our research. And that's one of the reasons why I have this show is to teach people these things. But don't, shut, don't purposely shut your mind out of, some, out of something because you've never experienced it before. So I love this, the, the second approach to that. I want to dive into, though, a little bit more about essential oils because that's something that a lot of people tend to stay away from. Um, what what are some of the ways that um, that you you do use essential oils on a daily basis? Before COVID, it was more comfortable where I would, you know, uh, pick intuitively an essential oil for my client, and I would kind of place it at certain parts in their body on the third eye. Now I'm I always ask my clients if they're comfortable with it. Most are, but even if not, I'll just put a drop in my hand because essential oils are such high vibration energy, and they are antifungal, antiviral, antimicrobial. Always go for the best of the best that is, you know, available out there, and just to make sure that we can put it on the physically on the body because there's many, many, many uh, essential oils out there. It's just 
how are they derived? Is there like chemical stuff in there? How is it, you know, is it, you know, is it a natural essential oil? Did it actually come from the plant or the flower? So it's very important for those things if we're putting it directly on our hands. And if I'm not putting it directly on my clients, either hands or third eye or throat area or, you know, I would personally put it on my hands and just rub it together a little bit and kind of place it over my client's nose and they would just smell it. And that alone, I mean, there's studies that show essential oils within three seconds of just sniffing an essential oil, your vibration goes up. So it's, it's a, such a quick way of shifting our vibration because we must, must remember and understand we're energy beings. It's all about vibration. When we're lower in the lower vibrational state and the, and the sessions that I do with my clients, I tell them it's not just mind work or subconscious work. It's mind, body, and soul work, which means really raising the vibration of the person on every level so that, you know, emotions are on, the, you know, deep negative emotions are on the lower vibrational level. And when you help yourself with these techniques and, and whether it's hypnotherapy or breath work or EFT or NLP or essential oils or combination of those things, you literally raise your vibration so that those low um, kind of fears and doubts and worries and anxiety and panic, all those things are left behind because they're low energy. When you raise your vibration, you're no longer attached to that vibration. Exactly. And I totally love that. On my um, one of my recent episodes, I interviewed um, Ilana Labarini, and uh, we talked about her daily habits. And she mentioned journaling. And we and we talked about reflection because as humans, we tend to focus on the negative and be in as you would call those low vibrations. Now, if 10 good things happen in one day, but one bad thing happened, we focus on that one negative thing. And even I struggle with that as well. And that greatly impacts our health. So when you get into the breathing exercises, for example, when you're talking about um, breathing essential oils, that we're, we're now talking about stimulating our vagus nerve. And in health, fitness, and weight management, we don't talk enough about stimulating our vagus nerve. And for those who are not familiar with your vagus nerve, if you look at a chart of the human body, and it's basically that nerve that's connected, it's like the highway that connects all of the nerves of your autonomic nervous system. Most of us eat in a sympathetic, um, in a sympathetic state, which is a fight or flight state. So, you know, we're rushing because, you know, I've done this before. I have 30 minutes for lunch. I have to eat and go back to what I'm doing or I'm watching TV or I have to go do this. Let me rush. But then that inhibits the, um, digestion. Poor digestion leads to poor health. So one of the biggest things I tell my clients is we have to eat in a parasympathetic state, rest or digest state. And it's in, it's in the name, rest and digest, because, you know, eat slowly while you're reading a book having a nice conversation, you know, you're relaxed, and that will aid, aid digestion. That can even help with bloating. Tell me what, I don't, what is a life coach? What exactly do you really tend to do with your clients? Right. Basically, what a life coach is, is, is a guide more so because we're not meant to diagnose our clients. We're not meant to tell them what medications to take or not take. We're just there to truly and I call myself more of a spiritual life coach, meaning I'm not there to tell my clients how to, you know, start and run their business. What I am there to do is help them guide them to their true essence and self so that that true wisdom and knowledge that is already within us, that compass, that kind of 
knew who we were when we were little and then life and our life experiences and families and belief systems have pulled us away. It's about me bringing them back to that center so that just like I started 10, 11 years ago with that single dream that I said, I remember who I am and my life just completely transformed from that moment on to bring my clients back to that state where and of course, you not throw out my experiences, throw out experiences that I've seen over the years with clients, giving them guidance on, okay, what about this? Okay, what about that? And, and within two, three, four sessions, my clients who felt, oh my God, I'm completely lost. I hate what I'm doing to suddenly going, oh my goodness, I think I know who I, who I am, what I want to do. I, how did I not know this before? We always know. We just forgot. And once we clear the clutter from the mind, which is why I always include my coaching with hypnotherapy, because I, I truly believe, because I used to do my 12-week coaching program, but in the end, I realized all my clients would come to hypnotherapy sessions with me. And I was like, okay, might as well just combine the two so with the coaching it's like it's the guidance and then on the subconscious level with hypnotherapy we really take that the healing the cleansing the clearing to the from the subconscious to the subconscious because if we're in the clutter like in the dark clouds we don't see we can't hear we can't understand we can't that voice inside of us that is continuously guiding us we're like uh whatever i i can't hear you because there's so much static of the ego and the chatter and the from the moment that we open our eyes right in the morning so that's what it is and clearing the clutter on the subconscious level on a conscious level allows my clients to find clarity and and everything just starts to flow financially relationships um purpose and and health and well-being it's so many of my clients recently even we won't even work on smoking and they end up quitting smoking because we worked on the emotions and healing the emotions or they start losing weight we didn't even work on losing weight that's why I always tell my clients the sessions I do with them is not focusing on the symptoms that's the problem in our world that everybody wants to focus on the symptom instead of going to the root when we go it's like when you see your plant is is deteriorating dying you don't go looking at the leaves of the plant okay it's the message it's the symptom but then you need to take care of the root of the plant taking care of the roots and strengthening the roots and healing the roots the plants begins to we're just like plants i mean we're one with nature and nature is one with us we're no different that is so powerful i love you i love the analogy of the plant that is great um because we 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 tend to forget that we're animals and we need to commune with nature. And that ties back into what I was talking about, the vagus nerve and our overall health. Because if, for example, if I'm, have, I'm having a bad day or something upsets me, one of the first things I do is I stop what I'm doing and I go for a walk outside and I start to breathe and I start to relax and I practice breath work. For taking in the fresh air, it has so many benefits for our body and communing with nature is something that we need to do on a continual basis. You also brought up about we, we, forget, we forget the things that we knew as children. Because we forget how to be children. As we grow up and we become more stressful and we try to handle this and handle that. And we, we get so tied up with what we're doing that we're not taking care of our day-to-day. We're not taking care of our health. And then we try to wonder why we feel so bad all the time. Because when it comes to health, fitness, and weight management, stress management plays such a key role in that. 
I was reading a book once, and he mentioned that the, the average American is exposed to about five stressors before they leave their house every day. You know, you wake up and it's like, oh, you know, the, the alarm woke me up in the, mid, in the middle of my REM cycle. So that's one stressor. Then I have to hurry up and um, wake everybody else up. And, they, you know, they're taking too long. Then I have to take a shower. I, I have to get ready. Where's my coffee? I got to go. And you leave the house in a stressful state and starting off your day in a negative way. And that start will impact the rest of your day. I completely guarantee it. So by, by stopping and, and reflecting, we now take that control back, right? Yes. I've worked with doctors who they have clients come up to them with different illnesses. And one of the things they would prescribe is ask them, what's something you used to do as a child that um, you don't do anymore? And he said, I don't know. I used to play with, uh, with my train set. Well, you know what? This is what I want you to do. Go to, go, to, go to the store, find your favorite train set. I want you to buy that. I want you to come back to me in about a month. And he, the doctor told me that actually it was his wife that called and said, I don't know what you did, but I got my husband back. Because <laughs> he's exactly. just so happy when he comes home. And yes. we just have such a good relationship. He has so much energy and he feels great. Yeah. So, guys, I really want you to listen because Christine is telling us some wonderful information. Grateful <laughs> to share it. And to add to that, because growing up, our society, our world, our, our parents constantly tell us, well, you're not a child anymore. Grow up and take life seriously. And we mm -hmm. forget that. So there's two things in our life, meaning being childish or being childlike. I always tell my clients, childish is, okay, we don't care about life. We're not taking care of our responsibilities. We don't want to work. We just be on the couch playing games. That's childish. Childlike is what you are describing right now because that man still takes responsibility for his life. He still goes out to work and he still does what he needs to do. But he comes home and he becomes childlike again because he gives himself permission to nurture that inner child. Because guess what? The first seven years of our lives is our programming and that will never change. And our adult bodies are often run by that child inside of us when we get triggered when we get hurt when we take things personally that's our inner child acting out and remembering a time when a parent or a sibling or a classmate or somebody or a teacher may have said something to them that hurt them and now suddenly we kind of lock up and we start feeling angry and resentful or whatever the emotion may be or sad or depressed or anxious. And now we feel like, okay, the whole world is against me and we just shut down and we go into our own shells only to forget that all I need to do is nurture and nourish that inner child. And that's all we need to do and go into a park and, and running and getting on a swing and swinging is one way that I used to before the pandemic do and I would just take my kids and I we would start running who will get to the swing first and I would notice adults looking at me like what's wrong with this lady but I did not care because I'm such a child in my heart and so is my father so I take that from him I love being a kid I love being silly I love laughing I love enjoying life because life is such a gift it's so precious we, if we only allow ourselves to clear that clutter that says Otherwise, we will see the truth. I mean, my clients always tell me, Christine, it feels like the world is brighter. Well, well how is this happening? How, 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 am I, how am I shifting? How am I changing? I'm like, you're not shifting and changing. You're just getting back to yourself. So you're getting rid of the junk. 
So basically, you're telling me that I can't sit on the sit on the couch and eat potato chips all day. I need to actually go outside and and be active, right? So, duly uh, yeah. noted. Next time I feel lazy, I'm gonna think about Christine, and then I'm gonna say, I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get up and do some work. I'm gonna get up and. Yeah. But yeah, it is true. It's just you know walking outside, going for a run, you know, talking to people that helps you to enjoy your day and feel better, and those that you have a relationship with. I mean, those things play such a key role in our health. There are parts in the world where there are people who they they don't have access to what we would say healthcare as much as we do in the United States, or you know they haven't heard of a lot of things that we do here. Their technology is not as great as ours it would be here, but they live to up to be a hundred years old or more. You know why? Because they have community. Because they're happy. They're 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 not as stressed out as we are. They don't you know if they don't deal with the things that we deal with on a daily basis. Because stress shuts down our bodies. Stress keeps our cortisol levels very high. It creates a hormonal imbalance. For example, driving down the road and we're yelling at the person that's driving, our body doesn't know that we're yelling at somebody. It could think that we're running from a beer. All our body knows is that we're stressed and that our cortisol is going to be high. And when your cortisol is constantly high, it's going to save energy. And, and one of the ways it does that is by holding on to sugars and holding on to body fat. So they might say, you know, I'm eating a salad every day. Why am I gaining weight? Because you're always in a Stressed. high, stressful state. Yeah. Fight so, and flight mode constantly. The nervous system is constantly locked in. Yeah. I totally agree. So then let me ask you this. So let's go back into hypnotherapy because that's something that most of us don't know a lot about. And you have hints on it a couple of times. So which, well, how do you tie in hypnotherapy to your life coaching treat, um, teachings? So the beginning of every session begins with the coaching. And during the coaching, it's basically me questioning because my sessions are not like traditional therapy sessions that I'm just sitting there and waiting for my client to tell me something. I, I guide the session. I ask a lot of questions. I start from childhood, especially the first session. In, and I listen in for my client's belief systems. It's incredible that our life is run by our belief systems. And belief systems come from repetition from the past to the present, if anything or everything is repeated enough times, it doesn't matter negative or positive. That's why our subconscious doesn't judge, doesn't discriminate. It's the conscious that always judges and discriminates about, oh, this is bad, or this is good, this is awful, this is pretty, this is ugly. This, All those judgments are placed by the ego. The subconscious just says, okay, you give me enough times of this, I'm going to give you that. And we must understand there are powerful manifestors and the law of attraction never bends. What we give is what we're going to get back. It's kind of like you plant a lemon and expect an avocado to grow. It can't. <laughs> it won't. You're going to get a lemon. And then you say, well, it's so sour, but I wanted an avocado. You can't. We must realize that the law of attraction does not bend. What we focus on is what we attract to ourselves. And sometimes with my clients, they even completely forget when I ask them, if you can be, do, have anything, what would it be? They can't even give me a single answer of a picture of what that looks like because they're so overwhelmed with everything that's going on in their heads. They don't even have room to dream. We've been told as little kids, right? Stop dreaming. Stop daydreaming. Pay attention to your teacher. Pay attention to your class. Pay attention to this, that. But then we're dreamers inside and our belief systems run those dreams. It's either going to be a nightmare or it's going to be a dream. 
So which right. one do we choose? So on the subconscious level, there is no right or wrong. There's just behaviors, habits, stories, memories, attachments, and clients say certain things. And when I pause them and I repeat it back to them, their eyes just pop up. They're like, I don't, I didn't even know because we speak out of such a pilot state, like unconscious place. We don't even realize what we're saying that it could be, if it's powerful, it's empowering. I remind them, keep believing that, keep doing that. But if it's detrimental, if it's limiting, then I tell them, did you just hear what you said? One time, one of my clients was telling me, he was like, every area of my life, Christine, is wonderful, but we can't have everything. So my love life sucks. And I was like, (gasps) and I gave his belief back to him. And he was like shocked. He was like, I didn't even think. And yet he wanted love in his life. And I was like, how do you expect to have love in your life when you won't even give yourself permission to believe that you deserve it all? I love that. Repeat that. Repeat that. Repeat that again for me. I want everybody to hear that. (laughs) Which part? (laughs) About about how can you have love in your life? I want you to repeat that. Yeah. How can you have love in your life when you can't even believe? Exactly. And that is powerful because it always, it always starts with belief. Like even for me, when I'm, when I'm in the gym, when I'm working out, and oftentimes my eyes are closed and I'm just focused, especially when I'm lifting heavy because I'm preparing my mind to lift that weight, right? So it all starts with belief. You have to be able to do it. You have to be able to imagine it because a lot of times we don't do what we can because we just don't think it's possible. And because we don't think it's possible, we just leave it alone. And then 10 years later, we say, well, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. And then we leave it alone. And then uh, 10 years, we say the same thing again. So (laughs) we do things because we think we're supposed to like you know we take a career because you know my parents told me i i I should do this i should be successful i should make money i want to make them proud coming from like jamaica you know most of us that come here to us we are you know either accountants teachers lawyers doctors lawyers or or we are failure so you know Uh so we try to fit one of those molds and then we're constantly stressed because we don't, not saying everyone, but a lot of us don't love that. We're doing it because we're trying to please our parents. And, That's exactly right. And but it, but when you start to realize, okay, I need to do things for myself to make myself happy. So at, at the end of the end of my life, if I were to look back at it, I say, you know, I accomplished this. I touched people's lives. I you know I did everything that I wanted to do to fulfill my life. And I lived it's like carpe diem, right? I lived a complete, complete life. We, you then start to realize, okay, now I know what actually makes me happy. Now I know what actually drives me. That's, and so we're not paying attention to those mental things. We're actually hurting ourselves and we're actually benefiting ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. And that's literally what happened to me. I thought, because, you know, my family being immigrants coming to the States and my family saying, well, you got to do something that will make you money because that's your safety security. Well, I tried that and it didn't work. And let me tell you, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, when I started, people were still not ready. I would talk to people Mm -hmm. and I would get the faces like, what do you do? Or doctors or this or that. And, and, Eventually, after 2012, this shift started happening where I would have like clients contacting me and telling me, oh, I was in the urgent care with my fifth panic attack. And uh, the, re- literally, the doctor said, there's nothing wrong with you. Go get hypnotherapy. And I was like, oh, 
oh, that's incredible. Now doctors are talking about this. I have a lot of clients that come to me because doctors, even psychologists at that point realize that, okay, I've hit a plateau. I can't help my client anymore. And gratefully, many are open to allowing their clients because I always say we must combine the two worlds. It's never about alternative healing versus, you know, Western. Never. It's never about that. And people misunderstand that and start attacking alternative healers or or therapists because they think, oh, well, if I'm this is happening to me, I'm not going to go and get essential oils. No one said you need to go get essential oils. There's a there's a place for everybody. It's never about a competition. It's about the world coming together. And we must not forget that these modalities that we're actually putting into use have been around for thousands of years when our Thank Western you. medicine yes. has only been around for, what, over 100 years or 150 years? We must not forget that. The two Thank worlds you. must yes. come together. That's what I always say. That's what I always try to help people understand that no one's telling you when your appendix is bursting, go get essential oils. Go to the hospital. <laughs> I totally agree, right? And that's every time, you know, we try to find a prescription for everything. And yeah. unless, like you said, unless something happens where there, let's say you have an asthma attack, I'm not going to say, okay, Let's sit down and you know inhale this this this, right. um, this essential oil. I'm gonna say we need to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. But on a day to day, there are things you can practice to starve that off. For example, That's I right. struggle with asthma, and uh, one of my practices is every morning I do breath work. Exactly. And because I'm not, I learned through through reading and studying that by the way I breathe, I can actually expand my lung my lung capacity. And for example, with that, like I breathe into my nose. And I breathe out through my nose, or even sometimes I may even breathe out through my mouth. But mm-hmm. I always take air in through my nose. Exactly. Um, and that's, that's the parasympathetic. That's what relaxes you, calms you down. This is the fight and flight. Even in breath work, I always explain to my clients: we're doing the breath work to activate that and release fears and stuck emotions from the sympathetic, because it's the fight and flight is what gets us in trouble. Because everybody, it's like. There are no dinosaurs around us, but the caveman and woman within us is still afraid of that danger that is around the corner. Exactly. And we're constantly like watching. <laughs> and I urgently want to try that. Let's say you're sitting down and um, just try to breathe in and out through your mouth just for like a minute. <sighs> Rapid yeah. breathing. And then try mm-hmm. to breathe in through your nose and out through exactly. your nose. And you will, I guarantee you, you will feel a calm and you will feel a difference. And that's why exactly. breath work is such an important part of your health that's that we right. just do not talk about. Also, mm-hmm. that, like you said, you combine them. It's not just, you know, we, we, we got to stop thinking about this is only good for this and that's only good for that. Most things that we do affect yeah. us on a holistic that's level. That's right. That's you know, right. especially if it's a natural approach. So that's really great. I, and I, I, I really love the information you're giving us, Christine. And I, guys, I hope you are really paying attention and taking notes because this is just this is just wonderful. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here. No, I'm really glad you're here. And this is a, a really good segue to talk about emotional freedom technique. Give us more, more, more details on that. 
Yes. So emotional freedom technique is basically a technique where we tap on meridians, just like when you go to an acupuncturist, right? They put the needles and certain meridians to open up the energy. Let's say the doctor asks you um, what's going on and you tell them I'm stressed out, I'm feeling afraid. And why is it they, they choose specific points to work with is because they know those meridian centers that they're going to put that needle in, they're going to kind of... Um, they're going to put that needle and it's going to release the energy because what right. is really any emotion, any feeling, anything stuckness of energy, it has no room to move. So it's kind of like doing this. And once you stimulate it, you give it permission to be released, to be opened. So what EFT does when we're tapping in the certain meridian areas of the body and I, for a long time now, I've studied EFT, um, advanced practitioner, but I always go with my intuition and the work that I do. And I call it now intuitive tapping. Why? Because I don't just have my client tap in the certain meridian and just say, you know, the affirmation of even though I've been feeling blah, 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 I still love and accept myself before I let my client even know that in the end, they're going to say, I love and accept myself. In between there, I take them through, and this is just through intuition. And I don't have a set of questions that I ask. I just go one by one as my client is expressing their emotions with their eyes closed. And I have them close their eyes because once that um, sense is taken away, the ego, the judgment, people go within. And so they start feeling and they start remembering stories and memories from their childhood. And in between there, because every meridian holds specific emotions, why I call it intuitive tapping is when I tell my clients, and that's where fear is trapped, and that's where anger is trapped, they just start crying. They're like, how did I know to talk about fears? I go, because you're an intuitive being. So not only are we doing EFT, I'm in empowering my clients to remember who they are. We're all intuitive beings. There's not a person that is not gifted or that is more gifted than others. It's just how much do we allow ourselves to kind of move that veil away and just really go within and trust our gut? How many times, how many of us have ever said, oh, I should have followed my gut. I knew not to do that. That or gut I feeling. To do mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's so, our intuition, that so inner it- voice. What you tell me is that I'm not better than everybody else, Christine. <laughs> We're all amazing beings. We're all resilient if we only remember, right? We come into the world the first four or five years. We definitely, when I do passive regression session with my clients or inner child work, everything starts to shift around four to five years old. There's some, there, the forgetting begins to happen around that age. And by the time we're seven, eight years old, between seven to nine years old, the ego brain, the logical brain, the left brain, analytical brain starts to develop and we start kind of staring in the wrong direction. You and- know what? Um, I know you have kids. Um, have you ever watched Inside Out on Disney Channel? Of course. That's what that's what I was imagining <laughs> yes, the entire that's time. That's exactly you were how we are. Yeah, that's exactly how we are. Exactly because because we tend to think and we don't realize that even with anger, anger has its anger has its its moments that we actually need it. It's fear. Fear, Everything is rooted in fear in the end. Every Mm -hmm. negative emotion. Yes, and all in no matter what we say, no matter how the biggest guy in the gym, he has emotions. No matter we at the end of the day we have emotions. And by ignoring them and we talk about this, I think was prior to the interview, we're talking about suppressing emotions. Yes. Because, but they're still there. If you suppress them, they're there. And then one day, 
someone says something like the straw that breaks the camel's back and you just go off on them. And you're like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Because we because we don't know how to manage our emotions. That's right. That's right. So let's uh, let's kind of segue back a little bit because we got into breath work and I told you how I practice breath work. Yes. But what what type of breath breathing techniques do you you practice personally and you yes. use with your clients? So there's simple ways, uh, more so pranayama breathwork technique that I teach my clients, the nose breathing technique that really allows us to relax and clear the mind and clear the mm-hmm. energy. But in the breathwork that I do with my clients, it's, it's a, another pranayama breathwork technique that it's been called 20 years of therapy without talking. So what it allows my clients to do, including myself, is to really while you're doing the breath work, you're cleansing, you're clearing, you're on a cellular level. I mean, when my clients come out of the breath work session, which takes about 45 minutes to an hour, but not the whole breathing, though, there's a process. There's the breathing and then the rest period. During the rest period, every one of my clients come out going, what was that? The simplest way I'm going to put it is psychedelic experience without the psychedelics. I think that's the simplest way I can explain it. It's not to go into too much information, but that's what happens because, and now studies are being done on how breathing, because these are ancient, again, techniques that have been around for thousands of years. We can't forget that. We can't forget that our breath is our spirit, our soul. I call it the reconnection. It is a reconnection because you reconnect to your higher self. That is your spirit. That is your soul. That is your heart. That is your breath. Mm-hmm. I totally life. agree. My um my last episode um is um on the history of sugars, and I did a walkthrough of where we started in the beginning, where we even use sugars as medicine, and where we are now in modern day society. And now, how now when we're getting more exposure, learning how to deal with our health, we're moving back into using stevia and using yes. coconut sugar. And but these have been around for thousands of years, so we are literally doing a three sixty. And now we think, oh, we know everything. We know all this. We have the best medicine in the world and all this stuff. But yet the, the um, generation, this generation is not estimated to outlive the prior generation. If we know so much, but yet we're shortening our lifespan, there is an issue there because right. we've gotten away from nature. We've gotten away from doing things the way that it's supposed to. And we are hurting ourselves so much. And I love knowing people like Christine and working with people like Christine, because she even reminds me of what I need to do to make sure that I'm constantly on that path. Thank you. This is a great segue into, because you hint about your book, Living Through Choice, but kind of tell us more about it and how do you tie in the stuff that you know and the work with your clients into your book? When I was being... In meditations, I want to safely call it because I've, I've tried to stay away from those words of channeling this and that, but I'm just going to call it what it is, channeling the information and my higher guides and all that stuff. And I was constantly being told that um, you need to write a book. And I was like, who am I to write a book? I'm not an author. What, 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 what? what? And then this information, I mean, when, before this book used to be 300 pages. Okay, wow. so my editor said, nobody has the attention spam anymore. We need to keep it short. 120 pages is really good. <laughs> and so we just shortened it and condensed it and condensed it and condensed it and simplified it. And my biggest intention was to just have people realize that we have a choice in life because too many of my clients until today, all these years I've been in practice, my clients come and say, I don't have control over my mind. Yes, 
we do. It's a choice we make. Hence why I, they had me call it living through choice. And then on the bottom, it says transform fears to love because fears are the ego. Fears are the limitation. Fears are the doubt, the worry, the stress, the anxiety. That's not who we are. Those are learned habits, behaviors from childhood to adult life, right? I mean, look at, on average, an American's conversation. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm so stressed out. I'm having anxiety. Like even when my clients contact me, the first words that come out of their mouth, and I'd always tell them, you're not alone. Please don't think you're alone because every individual thinks, oh my God, this is only happening to me. No, we're a collective consciousness. Guess what? When you're stressed out, I'm stressed out. When I'm stressed out, you're stressed out. So it affects all of us. And my biggest goal was to bring hope to people, to know that there's possible ways because I didn't want to, although I... I put information in there, guidance in there, things, techniques and things to do. My biggest focus was we have tons and tons of books out there, self-help books. I know I'm the, per the, the perfect person to say I have boxes of books in my garage. When I first started this, I was so hungry for this information. I was just reading. Sometimes I was reading two, three books at a time. But then I realized, oh, my God, with every one of them, there's the affirmations, there's this technique, there's that technique, there's this, there's that. I got so overwhelmed. I was like, I'm never going to get better. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to heal from this. And you kind of give up. So my kind of purpose for this book was to tell clients or to tell the reader that here are these modalities. Keep your life simple. All you need to do is just kind of put these techniques into work where you obviously go into a professional to get it done and not trying to do it because sometimes clients contact me and they tried their own passive regression therapy and they got into a lifetime that they couldn't handle because you need a facilitator to facilitate. But it, overall, there's on average, my clients who have had severe trauma from childhood, on mm -hmm. average, between four to six sessions mountains are moved and they're wow. amazed because this is not subconscious work. I always say this, and I'm going to say it to your audience as well. Think of your brain like a computer. We keep trying to quick fix through mm -hmm. whatever form we're trying to find that quick fix. But all we're doing is just go into the desktop and keep deleting the shortcuts. But guess yep. what? The problem is in the hard drive. Mm -hmm. The hard drive needs to be accessed. And when we access the hard drive through all of these techniques, whether it's hypnotherapy or NLP or EFT or breath work or past love regression therapy, we access the hard drive. And instead of struggling, suffering and giving up on healing ourselves, thinking, oh, this is not going to work. Oh, forget it. So many of my clients come my way and go, Christine, I've tried everything. I'm so done. You're my last resort. And oftentimes I'm like, ooh, that's a big responsibility. But mm -hmm. I've been doing this enough that in my heart, I know this is the last and that's all that you'll need right. because they're also in surrender by that point. Mm -hmm. And the more surrender there is, the quicker the transformation is. So I that agree. was my point of my book, really, not only to share my story, because I don't want people to think that, oh, Christine just got up one day and said, oh, let's go to hypnotherapy school. It wasn't. It didn't come easy. And so many people told me it will never work. You know what my fire and drive was in the beginning? To prove all those people wrong. And I'm grateful to say, first, I proved them wrong. That was the fire. And now 
for many years now, I'm doing it for me and for my clients. It's no longer to prove anybody right or wrong. It's never about that. But I feel like I needed that push to get to where I am today and continue to grow and be blessed doing what I love. I, I, in all reality, 12, 13 years ago, when people said, I love what I do, I was like, that's not possible. <laughs> You're lying. That's not possible. But it is possible. It and is I possible. want to, this, this book was also that to help people to know that it is possible. You can do it. You can follow your dreams. You can do what you love. You can, you can, you can, you can, you can. And, uh, and also, too, I would urge anyone, when you're reading her book, don't read it as like you're looking for a prescription. Don't read yes. it as you're looking for, I'm looking for this to solve my problems because life doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, it's, you have to read it as you're going to use the techniques, enjoy and experience the techniques. Yes. Always say when it comes to our health, when it comes to weight management, it's kind of like um, when you're driving to a beach, right? And even though you, as you're driving, you see the lakes and it's sunny and it's pretty and it looks nice. And you even forget that you're driving to the beach because you're enjoying, you're just kind That's of right. sightseeing. Or when I grew up in Jamaica where we're driving to the countryside and it's so windy and it's so beautiful outside and my family and I are laughing and joking and exchanging stories. That's what taking care of your health is supposed to be. Yeah. That's why I'm learning to manage your weight, learning how to um, handle and deal with stress. That's what that's supposed right. to be. It's supposed to transform your life. Absolutely. To, yes, you're going to get to the end, but as long as you're, you fix what's going on in the journey, like you said, replacing the hard drive, yes. the end result will be what you're right. looking for. And there's no end. So there is no finish line. Might as well enjoy the journey. Right. I agree. I totally love this. This is a powerful episode when it comes to transforming your health. Thank you so much, Christine. You are great. Please tell my audience, how can they best get in touch with you? Absolutely. Well, they can go on my website and there is a free uh, meditation on there that they can sign up for the newsletter and get the free meditation, which will greatly help those who are stressed out. Uh, you can find me uh, at www.journeys to heal. That's J O U R N E Y S T O H E A L dot com. And you can download that um, meditate free meditation. The book is on there, everything is on there. There's programs on there that I have one for releasing fears, another one for really healing and balancing the chakras. So there's there's quite a amount of, and if anybody's interested in connecting with me, asking me questions, I welcome it. You can email me or you can call me. Awesome. And the, her information will be in the show notes and also in the description of this podcast as well, because so, I want you to get in touch with Christine. Please get her book, give it a read, apply it to your life, and change the way you think about what you deal with on a daily basis. Release those stuck energy. And start to enjoy the journey itself. Thank you so much, Christine. I would love to have you in the show in the future, especially when you release your second book. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And well, we'll talk to you soon. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.